There's got to be an explanation to all these UFO sightings, right? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. Yes, yes. Welcome in to the Tim McKernan Show. It's the Pick 6 Podcast, a podcast in which three guys get together and inaccurately pick a combination of college football, NFL, and UFC fights. Welcome. I'm Tim McKernan. Hold on a second. What the hell's going on? Somebody interrupted already, and I'm not happy about it. Who was that? G-Unit, Gangster Pete? That was me. I said and soccer because Joe has two soccer picks. Oh, that's right. I apologize. Producer Joe inaccurate. No, you should. Is producer Joe inaccurately picking soccer games? Well, he's got two today. We'll see. Oh, wow. Yeah, Producer Joe not with us on the Mark Hanna Evergreen Wealth Strategies phone lines. I am on the Evergreen Wealth Strategies phone lines from uh, Sanibel, Florida. Uh, G-Unit, you are in the HomeLoanExpert.com studios. I am, Tim. I am. Good to hear from you. Yeah, I'm I'm feeling better, Gangster Pete. I don't know if I sounded bad when I recorded questions from the audience, but holy shit. You sound like a new man today. Yeah, I, my, my doctor, kind enough to give me a prescription, which I drove over to Fort Myers to get, and it is it is working magic. So when people were skeptical on TMA that Iggy was really sick for a week, I've now been sick for, I guess I'm better today, but for five days. My wife's been sick for a couple of weeks. I don't know if you boys have experienced this yet, but holy shit, it is wicked. I mean, it's legitimate. No, it's, but it's that's like awful. like throwing up sick. You know, I sore throat, running nose deal. I, I never get sick, but when I do, man, I am out for like weeks. It seems like. I mean, I go like. Well, you just said you never get sick, but then you stay when I do. No, so, I mean, I, no, I, I mean, I'm talking once a decade. I remember back. <laughs> really? In, oh yeah. I mean, but it, but I remember one time in college, I was just. I, I mean, that would, I've been sick probably twice since college, and then one time in college, I was out for like a month. I just sat on the couch, and that that might have just been half laziness too, but. Uh, and then, you know, probably about six or seven years ago, I was out for a few weeks. But other than that, I'm a pretty healthy guy. Part of me is unhappy that this happened while I'm on vacation. The other part of me is if I would have been in St. Louis, I probably would have missed Monday, Tuesday and Wednesday shows. And that wouldn't have that wouldn't have played played well. Gangster Pete, how are things going on the show? I uh, did listen for part of it yesterday, as you know, because I called in while I was waiting <laughs> for my prescription in Fort Myers. And I was told I was not welcome on the program that I gave birth to 15 years ago because the Fontbon athletic director was calling in to talk about Iggy and being the head bowling coach. That's <laughs> that, what happened. That's a slight yesterday. misrepresentation of what happened. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, Iggy wrote up that bowling story again on uh, Tuesday in the third segment. So we went in on a deep dive Wednesday, kind of a 30 for 30 on the Fontbon bowling program. <laughs> that's, what, that's what St. Louis has been yearning for. Um, so yeah, I was, I actually, I, cause people ask me and they ask Doug and they ask the cat, do you guys ever listen when you're on the road? And none of us do no. for real. It's nothing personal, but none of us do. But in this case, because Sanibel, the Fort Myers, where I had to go is maybe like a 20, 30 minute drive. And I'm like, Oh, this will give me a chance to listen. And I was legitimately laughing out loud. And then <laughs> I had to sit in the parking lot and I'm like, Oh, I'll call in. Even though I don't, I, I would, I would, I couldn't have talked. I mean, I could have, but it, it would have sounded, you know, my voice was was gone. So uh, I'm a new man today, and I actually have picks. I'm, I'm still going to read the weatherman stuff, but I have picks, and I think you nice. boys are going to be on board with this. I'm, I'm, I'm going to be dangerously leveraged on the four-game sweetheart teaser this weekend, and part of it's going to be in college, G-Unit, where the four-game sweetheart teaser is not a friend. Mm. The four-game sweetheart teaser can be your friend, in the NFL, but I'm going to explain my premise, and I think you guys will be on board. Now, of course, that doesn't mean that it will hit, but I think you guys will be on board. Before I get to that, uh, Gangster Pete, I have no idea what everybody did last week. Um, so how did everybody do? I, I, well, I do know the weatherman didn't win. That's everybody kind of should have just stayed home last week. Everybody went two and really? four. Two and four across the board. So uh, G-Unit is still in the lead. Producer Joe is in a distant second, and the weatherman is in an even distant third, which is hard to do. What are, what are, what are, what are, yeah, what are, what are the records? Uh, the weatherman is 26 and 39. 
Producer Joe is 30 and 36, and G, G, G Unit is 31 and 33. That's not, that's not terrible. I mean, it's obviously not good, but, you know, that's, that's, that's respectable against the spread. Yeah. You know, I, I, the weatherman, though, I mean, it is, it's an absolute disaster. He did return to writing a longer email this week. I, see, I haven't even looked at his picks. I just saw that he wrote a longer email this week. Uh, he's really beating himself up. G Unit, how do you feel about your 31 and 33 performance? Uh, you know, I'll be above 500 by the end of the year. I feel pretty good about it. I, I, I like the fact, what did I set the line at to win this contest? What was I plus 150 at the beginning of the year? So, something, something like that. Um, so I, I feel good. You know, while we're talking about, um, me, me winning, uh, <laughs> let's go back to this Raven. Remember this, this, what was it? Week three or four? I, I said, take the Ravens. Oh. Fuck me, we're going back to this. Well, it was it was important. I, you're, you're Johnny Ravens and Johnny Panthers. Right. Well, I I, I, I I got off the the Panthers right when they got hot, and then I got back on right when they started to suck again. So that that's no good. But the <laughs> Ravens, when they were they were minus one sixty to to win the AFC North, right before the Browns game, and then I said this is the time to load up on them, and I did. Uh, but unfortunately, they lost that game. And then their their odds to win the division went down to what plus a hundred pretty much after they lost the Browns. And I said, load up again. You got to. I mean, this is the time. Now the Ravens are minus fifteen hundred to win the North. Wow! Boo! Very nice. Yeah. Booyah! Very nice. Well, I'm glad we gave the listeners one thing that came in this year. <laughs> you were able to sift through all the bullshit and pick that. You're welcome. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Holy shit, what a mess. Honestly, I would just start picking games um, at this point, but I mean, I got to let the weatherman finish this thing. Not that I'm going to be any better. I mean, it's not like I know what I... I mean, I'm a guy... I think you're a good... Pick. I've been watching you pick games for a long time, Tim. I think you're a good gambler. I mean, as far as gamblers go, you know, but I'm glad you're getting back in it. I, I was disappointed. Well, I... I I've been tracking, and I told Pete this, and then part of me is like, I don't want to talk about it publicly because, honestly, I, I'm so fucking conspiracy-oriented, which shows all <laughs> kinds of you know, mental disorders if you get into that. But that I'm like, if I start talking about it, then I feel like the thing will go off the rails. But Pete knows I've been talking to him about it, and I've been tracking the data on only the NFL on the four-game teaser. And actually, at this point, I have a spreadsheet on it. Now, it doesn't what the fuck's it matter now. It's not like it's... It's 100% or even 90%. But, you know, each game has four outcomes with the two sides and then the over and the under. And for the weekend of November 3rd, and I don't, for whatever reason, I don't think I have the Monday night game in my spreadsheet. I don't believe so. But I did have the Sunday night with the Patriots and Ravens. So, therefore, you have a total of, with that weekend, there were 48 possible outcomes because you had 12 games, 12 times four. And, and in, in the bets were, if you would have bet everything, both sides and the over and under, you would have gone 41-6-1. So 85.2% wow. covered with that tw- with that 12-point either way spread move of the four games. And this is the only the NFL. College is a motherfucker with these things because the, the, the delta is so wide. The following weekend, 35-9, and nine, uh, 80%. And then this past weekend, 36-12. So 75%, the sides were 20 and 4, the totals were 16 and 8. And I got bit on the Falcons and Panthers. I was on the over on that. That was 37 and a half. And, it, and anytime you miss it, because you're moving at 12 points, it's, it's usually a, a sweat. Right. And that was a sweat. Um, but, there, but this week, and I'll go into it and then I'll read whatever the weatherman has, and, and then it's another manifesto. So, but. <laughs> The, the, these are the ones that – and I could be – I mean, maybe I'm off. But I love – with the four-game teaser, now I already put one of them in, and it was the Monday night Chiefs-Chargers in Mexico City teasing that down to 40-and-a-half, and I barely covered it. I covered it by a half point, I didn't, and I didn't think that was going to be a sweat because they did cover 40-and-a-half in the third quarter, and then I turned it back on, and I'm like, holy shit, they didn't score another point. Um, but it still counts, but, man, that was lower than I would have thought it was going. But either way. Tim, let me in ask college. you, just, just to get the math, make sure that my head's working correctly here. So you're saying that these games cover just roughly 80% of the time, but you got to get yeah. four of them, right? So isn't that about right. what the odds are? I mean, you, obviously, yeah, you can't get unlucky. It and, is. Okay, I'm it just is. making but, sure. But, but so, so I'll tell you what I do. So I talk with my guy who is the guy who's made, 
I think at this point, I don't know if he's if he's if he's now profited a million dollars in in daily fantasy, but he's getting in that world of and this is over I guess fourteen months. Um, so what I do is so therefore obviously he is projecting individual players and how they will perform, and so if he's high on a bunch of players from take your pick of for example a game that I can't imagine anybody would have been paying attention to this past weekend. He was on the over on, and that was the Dolphins and the Bills. And so he had a few Mm. teams in the top 100. Why? Because he was all over the Dolphins and Bills going over and and, and being a high-scoring game. And I think it wound up being 38-20. to I don't know if I could name a total of five people who play for those two football teams. (laughs) But he's for, for whatever reason, his numbers showed him. And then I can't remember the other one that he was high on the over. Probably an obvious one, I think, the Buccaneers and Saints, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and so then I know that, therefore, I put some money on the Bills and Dolphins, even though it's totally counterintuitive. I mean, you, you hear Bills and Dolphins, especially when Buffalo has to go down to Miami. You're going, okay, it's going to be like 10 to 3, and then I think it wound up being 38 to 20 or something like that. I mean, it's not even a sweat because I teased that. I think that was teased down to 27, you know, and it's over in the first half. You don't even – that's the way these things usually go. I like the overs a lot on them, but sometimes you can tease the unders up into the 60s. And uh, while games certainly can go into the 60s in the NFL, it's certainly not not commonplace. Um, and then also the Patriots and Eagles was a game I was on the over, but when I saw that there were high wins in Philadelphia that were impacting the passing game, you can bet it back and actually find a middle because the over was at 32.5, but live it got to 44.5. And, and so I know I've covered my – Lost, but there's a chance that if it falls in between 32 and a half and 44 and a half, I can I can hit both bets. Um, so with that said, that's that's the strategy. So you know I have somebody who you know he's not doing it for me. He's doing it to win shitloads of money. And my little $25 and $50 four game teasers are neither here nor there. But with regard to college this weekend, and I think you guys will be with me because they're somewhat similar to the NFL as opposed to trying to middle like a Big 12 game. Um, and they're two SEC teams. One we both love, the Fighting Tigers of Missouri. Now, I got this. It started at Missouri oh, minus seven, which to me was just Missouri-Tennessee. I, I, I truly couldn't believe that. I, just like we all couldn't believe Florida was only giving. I got that thing at six and a half, but I teased it up to, you know, or I teased it what Florida down it went to five and a half. Florida was getting five and a half points in my teaser. Holy shit. Um so Missouri minus seven, that number has moved, I think, to four and a half now. It's down to three and a half uh, now. Three and a half. Yep. Wow. Um, so what a you stupid can, opening line. Wins, Unbelievable. Unbelievable how bad that is. I don't know what's I don't know what's going on. But but I mean certainly there's a chance Missouri wins that game. I, I don't know what we would put that at. I'm talking about take the spread out of it. I guess we would say you know, as low as 33% to as high as I guess some might say 50% or 55%, whatever. But if Missouri wins the game, what is the probability that Missouri wins that game by more than 18 and a half points? Because Slim. when I got it at six and a half, it's got to be I'm zero. Getting, zero percent. I'm, and it's, it, They'd it, have to it, score it, 18. Have to, it, it, that's the thing. I mean, so, so, I mean, it, of course it can happen. Realistically, you have to allocate some form of probability to it, but it is single digits. I think most people would agree that it's single digits. And that means you have to fade those single digits. But that, to me, that's that's why this is different than, say, if you were betting Oklahoma TCU, where there's probably going to be 70 points. And, you know, th- therefore, the, the, the delta, the v- variance, the outcomes are so, you know, all over the map. When you're talking about likely something around 40 points at the most being scored, and that might be being super liberal, and you're getting 18 and a half points with a team that, that is probably the better team at this moment, even though, by the way, they were plus 185 on the money line. That's moved down certainly as well. Uh, you know, it's, it's a different deal than, than betting your normal college game. And then there's another one in the SEC that I would put in that same category because you have a similar situation as far as points scored. And that, and I don't know what this one is that Pete, you have, and I'm, I'm not, you know, obviously I'm not pulling all this stuff up as we, as we talk, but, um, and that's Georgia. Uh, Georgia minus when I saw it, it was minus 13. Um, and which means you move it down to Georgia minus one at home against Texas A&M and Georgia 
on, on, on the other side of Missouri, whereas Missouri's point total is low because their offense is bad. Georgia's point total overall for the game is low because their defense is so good. And you have to go into that game considering what Georgia's playing for and what Texas A&M is not playing for and go, holy shit, I got Georgia at home, a team that's still in the mix to win the national championship, and all they have to do is win? That's all I got? That's all they got to do? And if they don't, then I push? You know, if they win by one? To me, you put that with, with Tennessee plus 18.5, or I guess now at this point, Tennessee plus 15.5. And, and, you, and you, I mean, am I, I'm off the mark on this. I mean, don't those seem like too damn good, you know, you're in the 90 percentile confidence level on those things? I love those two, but you need two more, right? No, I understand. Well, that's what I'm saying. So when I did questions in the audience, I said I already put them in with the Chiefs Chargers from this past Monday over of uh, 40 and a half, which I thought wouldn't be much of a sweat. Mm. It wound up. I mean, again, it was. It didn't wind up being a sweat, um, but it But it did cover. It covered in the third quarter. But when you look at the totals, like holy shit, only covered by a half. So what else do I have with this thing? I will go into uh, my account. I, another one that I like is Illinois. Uh, oh, yeah. In honor of the Plowhawk, Illinois is getting, the last I saw it, Pete, you can tell me. Well, by the way, what's George at right 13 now? 13 right I now. I think it did move up. It's 13. 13, yeah. So here's the deal. If you were to include Georgia, and you and you put Georgia in however many you would want to do with these things, the nice thing is, if I'm not mistaken, you might have it up in front of you, Pete, that I think A&M is like plus 400 or plus 500 on the money line. Or plus 384. Do you have that in front? Okay, plus 385. So you can... You can hedge, and rarely can you do this with these things, but you can hedge because your only exposure is A&M winning. Right. And so you can hedge by betting X amount of dollars, which you're going to get a 4-to-1 return on, approximately 4-to-1, 3.85 to 1, on A&M winning. So you can hedge with it. Again, as you guys point out, it's not like it's one bet. You have to hit all these other bets. Um, but But when you have situations like this, and you can put someone um, on Tennessee uh, on the money line, which I saw. Again, I haven't been looking at it over the course of the week since I'm out of town. I'm calling it up all the now. Tennessee, Tennessee is plus 165 on the money line, and the number is three and a half, as you were saying. The other one that I wanted to include was uh, Illinois. And Georgia's down to 13. It was a 13 and a half yesterday, which is huge because now it's just, it's just a case of them winning. And Illinois is getting 15. Yeah, it's still at 15. Yep. Against Iowa, and Iowa would fall into the same category as Georgia and Missouri. They don't score a lot of points, so it's more NFL-ish than it is college football. And now you can get Illinois plus 27. And again, you don't know that Iowa won't win 27 to nothing or something like that, 28 to nothing. But if you look at the way Iowa plays football, and this is not just this year, but it's the way that they play, they grind it out and they win like they did this past weekend, 23 to 19. They just they could be a much more, you know, much superior team, but they just don't beat the hell out of teams just because that's not the way they're set up. And so if you have Illinois, a team that's obviously moving in a positive direction, getting 27 points, and you can leverage that, you can hedge by, uh, by putting someone, um, you know, you can, you can move it either way, but if you, if you put Iowa down to minus one, now you have Iowa uh, on some of yours just winning the game. So, well, Iowa minus three, I should say. Premise being, Illinois plus 27 is like a, a confidence level that's just below my, where I am on Tennessee and, uh, and uh, Missouri. Another one that is intriguing to me is uh, Tennessee, Missouri, and then Georgia, Texas A&M is uh, Oklahoma. Because you can get Oklahoma at home down to minus six, I think. Yeah, because they're minus 18. And they're playing TCU. So, you know, that's where I am. But then I get into the NFL ones that I really like. I got a really good college uh, one for you, Tim. What's your other college one? Minnesota is minus 13 and a half at Northwestern. So you get that down to minus a half and then plus 429. That's, 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 that's another one that I already had included in there. Yep. I, I looked at that and I thought, what in the world is it? My lock of the week last week on the show, usually I just look at the weatherman's email and I just spit it out when we do the Maggie O'Brien's picks of the week because I haven't looked at spreads. But this week... Just because I was on vacation, I'm like, okay, fuck it. I'll put some money on the Chiefs and Chargers over because we're probably going to be at a bar, and I'll just have it on in the background. So I'll bet on it. And then right. I looked at other spreads to pair it with four-game Sweetheart Teasers, and that's when I saw these numbers. So that's why I dug into the numbers early in the week. Usually when I'm doing this podcast, I did, I'm reading the weatherman's email. But you're right, that Minnesota one. But last week, 
my lock was UMass plus 41 against Northwestern. Oh, that final score. Was, well, it covered, but it wound up yeah. getting close. But, but, but the thought process was, what do we know about Northwestern? They don't score a lot of points. And as bad as UMass is, they somehow score. And they didn't score a lot, but it was enough to get the job done. And so you can that, that's where I see edges. And again, you know, it's not like this is infallible, but but you're right. I mean, to get Minnesota minus one and a half, even if Minnesota's now in a letdown moment after losing that's last what I was week, city team. That's a little scary with the Northwestern at home. Northwestern kind of, doesn't score though. I've watched several of their games. They oh, play eleven o'clock games a lot. I mean, they got nothing to lose though. This is all they got, you know. Minnesota's legit. I I put my money where my mouth is. I agree. I think Minnesota, I mean to have Minnesota minus one and a half. I would include it, but but like I said, so w- where is your edge? Well, you're talking about college and how that can be. If I did track all the college games, and holy shit, it would be a pain in the ass to to figure the numbers on college games. But you know, it's not it's something that would take a half hour. It'd just be a, monotonous. But with the NFL, we were talking about the eighty percent cover rate. So if you have two with Georgia A and M and Missouri Tennessee that you feel. 90% confidence level on, and I think that's a fair number to assess that, then what can you put it with in the NFL just looking at these sweetheart teasers? And the Panthers-Saints total, you can get down to 35 for a game in New Orleans where you know how you have controlled conditions. Um, I like your chances of covering that very confidently. And one that kind of intrigues me um, on the underside is – uh, the Buccaneers and the Falcons, and teasing the, that up to 63. And what the Falcons are doing here recently defensively, I don't know where it's come from. Yeah, out of nowhere. Dan Quinn, who, who, who looked like he, was, he wasn't even going to su- survive into the, that game in New Orleans a couple weeks ago, but they shut down the Saints offense, and then this past weekend they shut down the Panthers offense. And, you know, the, the Buccaneers, that's a that's a clown show. They certainly usually wind up giving up points. But to get that at 63, you know, I, I, is that thing going to go – is that going to go over 63? Yes, it's possible, of course, but I like that. And then if you wanted to tease one down, you can get the Ravens and Rams Monday night game down to 34-and-a-half. And with what Lamar Jackson is doing, um, feeling like the Ravens are going to be held under 25 points is – you know, Boy, the Rams' be, offense looked would, bad, though. I mean, man. The Rams' offense is bad. Don't get me wrong. The thing that would give me pause is the Texans were just shut down by the Ravens' defense this past Sunday, although part of that was a bizarre non-call on DeAndre Hopkins on a pass interference that otherwise would have set him up at the one. But the, the, the Texans only scored seven points. I'd like to think you're going to see the Rams get into the end zone and get at least 10 points, and I just don't see how the Ravens are held under 25 points. So those are games. And also I like the Packers and 49ers tease down to 35-and-a-half. Um, Colts-Texans to 34-and-a-half tonight. Colts-Texans te- Colts, Texans down to 34-and-a-half. With the, if, with yeah, the I actually points. got that at 33-and-a-half uh, uh, earlier in the week when I was putting it with the Georgia-Tennessee Chiefs, Chargers. I love that. Just the thought process there that that, I mean, again, so many of these things, and oftentimes you like this uh, past weekend with the, the Bills and the Dolphins, that was in the 20s, the Chargers, not the Chargers, the uh, Redskins and the Jets, that was in the 20s, and they go over so early, you know, and so what, where, what did I lose of all these ones that I did the past weekend? I lost on the Falcons, uh, Panthers, and I lost on the Patriots, Eagles. But you can, if you're watching it, and when I'm on vacation, I have the chance to do this, you can see what's going on, and then you can bet it back and, and cover, um, especially, of course, if you've already won the first three. And that was the case I was in with the Patriots and the Eagles, and I'm just like, okay, I'll cover it here and bet it back. So I'm a big advocate this weekend of some plays in college with the Sweetheart Teaser just because I feel like, I mean, listen, if A&M beats Georgia, God bless, but ideally you have, you've hedged it by betting A&M on the money line. And if Missouri somehow beats Tennessee by, I guess at this point, 15 and a half or more, I mean, that would just be, I'd be, I mean, candidly, I'd be surprised if Missouri won the game. Yeah. Uh, I wouldn't like fall off my chair like if Texas A&M won, but I'd be surprised if Missouri won the game, much less Missouri winning by, you know, my case, 18 and a half or what it currently is 15 and a half. That just seems, it's just not what Missouri, Missouri's now in an Iowa mode. You know, if they're going to win a game, that's how they're going to win a game. They're in a Georgia mode of how they're going to win a game. It's going to have to be like 17 to 14 or something like that, or 17 to 10, or even 17 to 7. And you still win. Hell, for me, 17 to 3, they still I still cover. So that's where I'm coming from on it. I'm fired up about it. 
and I think it's a great opportunity to make money. If any of those, of course, fall apart, I lose everything, though, and I will now be getting a second job. But that's where that's where I am heading into this weekend. And so I hope people get something out of this podcast outside of G-Unit's Ravens recommendation from week two. I love That's the excitement. To to the, people. The, the sweetheart teaser has her hooks in you. It re- I tell you, I'm looking at these lines. This this could be addicting, Tim. This, <laughs> this, is, a, this is a crazy yeah, thing to play with. Sweetheart teaser. And, and what happens is I get excited about them, and usually I go, okay, I'll fuck around with them on Saturday just to fuck around with them. And then, then I'm like, oh, shit, I just lost a few hundred dollars on Saturday, and now i got to get out of the hole. And then I usually win on Sunday. But because I've lost so much by messing with them on Saturday, I still wind up losing for the weekend. The key on the sweetheart teaser is exhibiting discipline to not go, <laughs> oh, sweet, Boise State's playing New Mexico, and I've had a few scotches, so fuck it. You I know, can't let, lose. Let me get, get some action. Let me get some action on this. And the next thing you know, it's a disaster when you wake up at 6 in the morning to check the score, and now you're like, oh, shit, I'm in a hole. These are things I can speak to autobiographically. So I'm cautioning people. Don't get too involved with the sweetheart teaser. She's a harsh mistress. Just <laughs> stick to the plan. Stick to Tennessee. Stick to Georgia. I like the Minnesota play as well. But my two that I love are Tennessee and uh, in, in Georgia. So do with it what you want. All right, uh, G-Unit, I understand that you, uh, you get to continue to lead because everybody went two and four. Ryan Kelly's the home loan expert, and he is the sponsor of our studios here on the Tim McKernan Show. Without him, we don't have a podcast, so make sure you're supporting our sponsor, Ryan Kelly, thehomeloanexpert.com. And with interest rates dropping and this being home buying season, this is a prime time to get in and get yourself a great rate and lock in. Or if you want to refinance, now's the time to do so. Ryan Kelly's the person to do it with. He is online at thehomeloanexpert.com. Ryan Kelly, the studio sponsor of this program. Ryan Kelly, thehomeloanexpert.com. I'll go to Buffalo in the NFL against Denver in Buffalo. Buffalo minus four. This is just a great game. You know, this time of year, I think is when you start to look for teams that are giving up, that have had their dreams crushed by something that happened the week before or a few consecutive weeks, and this is a perfect situation for that. Last week, Denver just gave away that game to Minnesota. I mean, the, and the refs really blew that pass interference call at the end of the game. But if you think about that situation, Denver could have been going to 4-6 and six in a weak AFC and would have a, a pretty far outside shot uh, but a shot nonetheless to make the playoffs. And then they lose that game that they were up by so many points and their dreams are crushed. Now they're going to Buffalo across the country in the cold and they're just devastated about being three and seven and, and nowhere to go. So I love Buffalo minus four in, in, in this game. Pete, you like that too, don't you? Uh, I actually think that the Broncos are playing pretty well. Well, no, there's no question they're playing well. There's no question about it. I mean, that game against Cleveland uh, the week before, they, they weren't expected to win, and they won. And then they had a really close game the week before that. I like your logic. I'll probably avoid it, though. That's the dream crusher. They were playing well. They had high hopes. In any event, Buffalo minus four. Uh, number two, Philadelphia minus one and a half at home against Seattle. 81% of the public is on Seattle in this game. And why wouldn't they be? Uh, tough to bet against Russ. But in this case, Philadelphia needs to win this game, and they're only getting one and a half points. They're at home. They need to win for the division and the wild card. The, the NFC is so difficult this year. Uh, if they go to five and six, they're pretty much done. And Philadelphia's offense looked terrible last week against New England, but everybody looks bad against New England. The good thing about Philadelphia is that their defense has looked very good, and they certainly looked good against New England last week. So I like Philadelphia to win this game uh, at home for sure. Number three tonight, Thursday night football, Colts plus three and a half at Houston. And I believe, is that minus 120, that three and a half? Minus 110. Oh, okay, nice. Went, went down a little bit in my favor. So so Colts plus three and a half. 63% of the public is on Houston, and I just like the, the, the Colts to play. This is going to be a very close game. So if you're getting three and a half, you got to go. Yeah, Pete. Before the show, uh, the entire OutKick staff picked the other way. So you're looking good on this one. 
Yeah, and you know why they did? Well, it's sixty-three percent of the public's on Houston, but also the it's the the zigzag theory. I, I'm going opposite this time. Uh, but yes, yeah, Houston, they were really. This is down in, in in many people's eyes after that debacle in in Baltimore, and the Colts had a great game last week at home uh, against Jacksonville. So, it, it technically it is something that if you if you uh, subscribe to the zigzag theory at all, then then Houston would be the pick. But getting that three and a half when the Colts have a chance to win this game, and it's such an important division game, you got to take those points. Um, but I like Houston. I, I generally like them as a team to bet on. But you, last week I had said, I don't think I said it on the pod, I may have said it to you, that that uh, Watson had n- never lost a regular season game by more than a touchdown since he was 16 years old. Yeah. Going into last week. And so that was the bet. I mean, they were they were uh, underdogs by what? Was it four and a half or five? So you got to figure he, this hasn't happened in, in 10 years. I mean, hell, he played college, played a couple years in the NFL, and sure enough, they get their asses beat the, the <laughs> one week that I say that. In any event, number four, Carolina plus nine and a half at New Orleans. Speaking of the zigzag theory, this Panthers. is it. Yeah, Panthers. That's right. Back on the Panthers. But this is this is a definition zigzag plus nine and a half. Carolina got laughed out of the stadium last week against Atlanta. Uh, and New Orleans looked fantastic again. But it's a do-or-die for Carolina, and I don't think their offense is going to do the job, but I do think their defense is. I think this will be a low-scoring game. So I also like the under at 47, uh, but I'm not going to take it as a pod pick, but that, that actually is, may be the better pick. Um, I could see this as being a 20-17 a, a game, but I'll take Carolina plus 9.5. Pete? You got one more? Yep. Redskins plus 3.5 versus the Lions. Yeah, that's right. I'm betting on the Redskins. This is a huge public game on Detroit. The lines opened up at minus two. Public dumped the money on them. 85% of the public, and now the line, the, the line is three and a half. You know, I, I think the Lions are j- just in that situation, uh, the giving up situation. The, the, they didn't have a particular dream crusher, but boy, have they lost a ton of games by a close margin. And now you look at their record. And they're just ready to pack it in. And I, I don't think uh, they, with, with their quarterback situation, I don't think they, they have much to play for. Uh, they know they have no chance to make the playoffs anymore. So uh, playing a, a shitty team like the Redskins, I think this is a trap for the public to, to think, oh, well, anyone can beat the, the Redskins by four points. So give me the skins, plus three and a half. The unit is in the books. Uh, Producer Joe next or me next? Uh, why don't you go and we'll just throw producer Joe's in there at the end. All right. Fair enough. Let's see. I will read the weatherman's soliloquy here. I got to find it in the email. You know, James Carlton of the Carlton State Farm Insurance Agency is my insurance agent. So this is a firsthand endorsement of James Carlton and his staff in Webster Groves. 314-961-4800 or go online at carltoninsurance.net. I think a lot of people just go, okay, well, I've got a guy, I've got a lady, I'm good. I don't really care to talk about insurance. It's something, you know, I'm 25, whatever, and that's fine. I understand. I used to think the same way. And then I go down to my basement on March 30th of 2019, and the basement's flooded, and the world changes. It just so happens, because my interactions with James have been so positive, that my wife and I switched to James Carlton uh, in late 2018. And I'm telling you, if we had not, the odyssey that has been a flooded basement throughout all of this precipitation in St. Louis would have been infinitely more difficult to navigate without somebody as active. And on top of it is James Carlton. His phone number is 314-961-4800, or you can go online at carltoninsurance.net. And even now he still checks in, you know, I mean, it's, it's just a different ball game. And even before we had that, which of course was a substantial issue, um, you know, we weren't covered on, on something or I've forgotten to make a payment. It wasn't like it was like some monster payment. It was a small payment. He's like, hey, just so you know, uh, you haven't made this payment. We want to make sure that's taken care of so you're covered. It's just, it's, it's just different. It's different in a much better way. And that's why, you know, if, if you ran into me at a, at a bar or restaurant and said, hey, you know, and I have had it happen. Hey, Tim, who's that insurance agent? People email me. And I go, oh, it's James Carlton. Here, let me include him on the 
on the email and I know he's going to be on top of it. I don't think twice about it. It's not like I'm like, oh yeah, let me tell you about him. And then somebody actually wants to follow up and I'm like, oh God, I hope he does okay. The best, the absolute best. And you're talking about your biggest investments. So you want to make sure they're taken care of properly. James Carlton and his staff at Carlton State Farm Insurance Agency will certainly do that. 314-961-4800 or go online at carltoninsurance.net. If your insurance costs a leg and an arm, call James Carlton State Farm. Gentlemen, if nothing else, I am consistent in 2019. Another two and four week in the books to keep my stellar 35 and 30, 35 to 37% record intact. That being said, this weekend, especially in college football, presents a bounty of games I will have action on. Oh, now this scares me here because maybe he's following uh, my lead. There are a ton of excellent spots. Best college football card of the year for value, I believe. Boy, that's, this is scary now. I might have to pump the brakes. While 2019 is a lost cause, I'm going through the wins and losses and trends to rebound for 2020. Some elements that I'm seeing. Good to great teams are absolutely beating the crap out of awful teams these days. Not as many, quote, medium upsets so far this year. <coughs> Excuse me, gentlemen. I'm not seeing the 7- to 12-point underdog winning outright or even covering as much, especially these home underdogs. And less time tackling means more broken tackles and more points. I'm not seeing the totals adjusting too much for this yet, leaning more to overs in these final three weeks. At this stage of the season, look for good coaches, think positive culture, in their second season who are turning a corner. Sounds like he's talking about uh, Jeremy Pruitt. Also look for teams that have quit. <coughs> and for my pick six, I'm taking the superior coaching staff, and two of them, the number is just too high for the underdog. So here we go. Illinois plus 15 at Iowa. I don't think Iowa can beat anyone in the Big, 20, Big Ten West by 15 points. Illinois is coming off a bye week and still riding the momentum of four straight wins. The Hawkeyes beat Minnesota but were badly outplayed for much of the game, wildly outgained, and only done in by drop passes and bad field goal kicking for Minnesota. Indiana plus nine versus Michigan. This is one case where I'm going for the medium underdog here in Indiana. Line a shot from minus seven to minus nine here. Indiana is scared of Ohio State, but the Hoosiers aren't scared of Michigan. No, they haven't beaten them, but their last four losses are between seven and 11 points to Michigan. This is the best Indiana team of the bunch, and Michigan has to be looking ahead to Ohio State. If Indiana is plus five or more in the first half, I'd play that with multiple units. Tennessee plus yeah, uh, Indiana is plus nine and a half also. You got an extra half point. Wow. Tennessee plus four at Missouri. That's a three and a half, though, now, right? Yes, sir. This opened at Missouri minus seven, but this is a bad spot for the Tigers. Uh, Tennessee is coming off a bye, and the Vols have won three in a row and four of five, including a strong showing against Alabama. Both teams are at five wins, so the bowl eligibility factor is in play for each. However, Mizzou got manhandled by Florida last week, and now they've got a Vols team with rest and confidence. Tennessee wins the game straight out, as Mizzou's lost season will end at 6-6 six and six next week. Air Force minus 22 at New Mexico. This fall in New Mexico, this falls into the very good beating the piss out of a terrible team. <laughs> New Mexico is terrible, and we see this every year where they quit in the end. The Lobos are 2-8 and eight and haven't won since September 21st. They have no home field edge. Air Force is a stellar 8-2 and two with impressive wins. New Mexico will quit at some point in the second half, pushing past the 21-point threshold that makes me a little nervous. New Mexico will quit at some point in the second half, pushing past the 21-point threshold. That makes me a little nervous. I don't really know what I read there at the end, but if it's in the prompter, I read it. Do you guys follow that? New Mexico I think he's nervous that the, the line half. is over 21, but he thinks Air Force Got will push it. back by it. And I like that thing. Uh, and uh, yes, uh, G-Unit, were you about to chime in with a thought on the Panthers? Uh, <laughs> no, no, I was not. No, I'm not. I thought I, I thought I heard you. I hear I hear a thing. All right, finally, Wyoming, Missouri's favorite. Wyoming minus six and a half against Colorado State. Wyoming is six and four. Cashed that over five and a half win ticket three weeks ago. I guess that was something that he was on. I don't recall this, uh, but have lost two gut wrenching games to Boise State in overtime and Utah State. Now they get a Colorado State team that got beaten up by Air Force in the trenches last week and a horrendous bad beat. Wyoming has a top tier coach and gets back to being healthy. It's less than a touchdown, so take the pokes. Wyoming, minus six and a half. 
Uh, all right, that, that's his five. Uh, Gangster Pete, I guess you have producer Joe's. I do. I do. All right, bring the heat. We've got Illinois plus 15. He is rolling with the weatherman. Minnesota, he has minus 13 and a half. Penn State, plus 18 and a half against Ohio State. SMU, plus three and a half. And in England, Manchester City and Chelsea, over three and a half at minus 115. Wow, wow, wow. All right, G-Unit, you're on the uh, clock for the lock. Mark Hanna of Evergreen Wealth Strategies. Can't emphasize enough how important it is to have a, a financial advisor, but then it's not just any financial advisor. It's somebody who who knows but cares. Again, plenty of people can know but cares, and Mark Hanna helps everyday people every day get their finances organized. You can call him at 314-889-0503. That's 314-889-0503, or go online to evergreenstl.com. His name is Mark Hanna. He is with Evergreen Wealth Strategies, and I can tell you from getting to know Mark here over the last year that this is a first-class person who has your best interests at heart, and just calling him at 314-889-0503 is going to make you feel better and you're on the right track. Mark Hanna, Evergreen Wealth Strategies, 314-889-0503, or go online at evergreenstl.com. Tampa Bay Buccaneers, plus four at Atlanta. Atlanta. Everyone loves them now. A couple of blowouts against good teams on the road. So what does that mean? Time to bet against them. They are the fourth favorite for the public this week. And Tampa Bay coming off a, a bad loss to New Orleans last week. This is perfect zigzag theory, but this is a divisional game, getting four points. And, you know, uh, famous Jameis sometimes gets it done. So give me the points. Lock Tampa Bay. Uh, let's see. The weatherman. Scrolling back. Uh, lock. Oh, I kind of like this. Although I haven't seen South Florida play anything, but I know about Memphis. Uh, Memphis, South Florida, over 59 and a half. That strikes me as low for a Memphis game. South Florida must not score many points. Let's see what he's got. Last four games, Memphis has put up 47, 42, 54, and 45. South Florida is awful, having fallen to four and six and likely out of bull contention. Memphis could be looking ahead to Cincinnati next week, but that's going to be a defensive issue with this team. Mike, is it Norvell or Norval? Anybody, Nurse? Uh, is also playing for a bigger job and slapping 50 on Florida, South Florida will help in that pursuit. Memphis, South Florida, over 59.5. What is the weatherman's record on locks this week, uh, this year, Gangster Pete? I'd have to think it's dreadful. Five and seven. Like worse than the other picks. Oh really? It's so it's kind of consistent with the. I thought they were. I thought it was worse than that. Five and seven. What's producer Joe on? I assume it's a soccer game Sunday eight in the morning. You know him so well. Uh, Manchester United <laughs> against Chelsea. Or so. Man U over. plus one hundred five. He already took the over in his regular picks. He's on Manchester <laughs> twice. He's double dipping on Manchester. <laughs> Manchester and over. Well, actually, no. His first pick <laughs> is Manchester City hey, and Manchester Chelsea over. City. Yeah, my yeah. bad. Exactly. Oh, I'm not sure if he so, knows uh, Man City as much as – I don't know if he knows Man City soccer as much as he, he should to be making this bet. Jeez. He is uh, he is consistent with his Manchester plays, one or the other. Uh, so there it is, pick six in the books. I'm actually leveraged this week because I have gone public with plays, and I really – I mean, I will, I will be invested – uh, as I travel back from South Florida as to what is going on. Missouri's a night game. I think Georgia A&M's the 230 game, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and, uh, I mean, I don't know, man. I, I, maybe A&M goes down to Athens and, like, ruins it for Georgia. I think Georgia's defense is so damn good. I've been trying to figure out, I mean, A&M, they kind of are like, they just kind of are, you know, they're kind of like in the old Miss category of the SEC. Like, nobody's really paying attention to them. They don't really do much this year in particular. I, so I went back and looked, and it sounded like they're terrible. Did you consider betting them, up, them, betting that line up? It's like Texas A&M. Oh, I, yeah, I, I think I, I got to tell you something. I don't think that's, I don't think that's necessarily unwise. I think that, because it's like an NFL game. Right. There's a very good chance that it's going to fall between Georgia winning by what I guess one and A&M losing by 25. And can Georgia beat them by more than 25? They certainly can. I guess my thought is I just don't, it's so unlikely 
for Georgia to lose that game. At the same time, though, you can almost make a case it's just as unlikely that Georgia beats them by 25 just because Georgia's offense is so blah. The only thing I would say to that, I suppose, is if Georgia is in style points mode. Right. The thing is, for Georgia, though, unlike some of these Big 12 schools like in Oklahoma or the big the Pac-12 schools, I think Georgia controls its own destiny. Wouldn't, wouldn't you agree? If they win the rest of the way, oh, yeah. they're in. When, know, when so it went out they necessarily need to be in style points. Yeah, so I don't know if they necessarily need to be in style points. But, and that's something, by the way, to keep an eye on, with, 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 whether it be OU and TCU, and I think it's Utah's playing, or not Oregon, Arizona. The, the, that, this, this is that weekend before rivalry weekend, before the conference championships, where you know the teams that are kind of on the periphery that need style points, where you can use that to your advantage. Um, where they're going to run it up. So that's something to keep an eye on. The issue with me with Oklahoma and having to lay 18 is that their defense, has, minus the second half against Baylor, has been so terrible that you could see Oklahoma scoring 50-something, but you certainly could score, see TCU scoring in the 30s, and now you got a, now you got a spot where you don't cover. But Oklahoma minus six at home, especially with the momentum of what happened in the second half against Baylor and Waco, I, I like that play because I do think they're probably in style points mode. Oklahoma, I think we agree, is not in a spot where it controls its own destiny. Would you guys agree with that? I mean, agree. Likely not anyway. Agree. This, I mean, Clemson's not Clemson's think, not going to lose. Oh, use a long shot. Uh, consider. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I think it's unlikely Ohio State loses, um, but you know, Georgia does control its own destiny, so that's a different spot. Either way, though, I agree with the premise that taking A and M plus twenty five isn't a bad play. I suppose I just give Georgia minus one better, better play. And then, like I said, I just if Missouri wins by eighteen points, holy shit! <laughs> I mean, God, what would the what would the odd? I mean, like, would that be like plus fifteen hundred or something like that? I mean, if you were setting a number on, I mean, because I mean, it requires them to score more than seventeen, it requires them shutting out Tennessee, <laughs> it requires them winning. I mean, these are all these things that just you could put so, any number on you know, it, and I wouldn't take it. <laughs> you would not take no. So this is Team so Barry uh, too. Jeez. Oh man, get off wow. my back! Get off my back! The mighty have fallen. <laughs> Unbelievable. Gangster <laughs> Pete, do you think Barry? Do you think Barry's back for 2020? I'm legitimately curious what your answer is. I mean, I think if they if he finishes six and six, they go to the bowl. Arkansas. He'll probably be back. I'm not saying that's necessarily the right move, but I I think they will keep him. I mean, I don't I know. I'm, I'm just, agree with you, I'm just I don't fed think, up with the whole situation. In, I don't. I don't think it's rooted. In, I don't think it's rooted in football. I think right. it's rooted in. Oh my God! Look at the buyout. Yes, exactly. And look at our budget, and and now we're up against however many SEC schools with job openings. Looks like South Carolina is staying with Will Muschamp, but how many SEC schools with job openings? It's just going to be. That, gonna that's why it's that so frustrating. Because it's not about football. You know. Does the NCAA right. have to make their decision on the appeal before the bowl games? And if they don't, no. they don't are, have to do anything. Are we bowl eligible? As, they, as they've proved, are we bowl eligible during the appeal? Can yeah. we go? Yeah, if they don't, if they yeah. don't judge, we're good. I bet you that's what they do. Well, they just punt it and then they make an off-season decision. We'll have an awesome year next year. Well, that would be that would be that would be that would like compound how bad this year has been if that's the case. Because yeah. now you've got that potentially for the 2020 season, and it impacts recruiting, which is something that, in fairness to him. Uh, this is, you know, this is brutal. That they don't know what the recruiting situation is and how many scholarships they have. And of course, it's so you have a coach who's in purgatory, and the number of scholarships in the program is in purgatory. In addition, so I mean, it is. It's I mean, so he's bad. got the steepest uphill climb next to Vanderbilt uh, in in the SEC. So it's. I mean, what could be worse? I mean, news. for a program, Sandusky, I guess. <laughs> Sandusky's slightly worse. But, yeah, I mean, Penn State's I, I, back, baby. I, I, yeah, I, I, I don't. I don't know where you present a scenario. Which, yeah, no, Sandusky. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't understand how they can the, make judgments on these individual players so fast and just leave us in limbo. It makes yeah. no sense. I, I I don't know, but it's it's a it's an absolute disaster. The only thing that we've got going for us is we can use it in a sweetheart teaser to our advantage. That's what we can do this weekend and try to make some money off of it. But my God, if Missouri wins by eight, I just can't see it. Like I'd be apt to take Tennessee minus three and a half, yeah. much less Missouri laying three and a half. You know what I mean? That sounds like a more sane one. I don't know what Las Vegas is doing with Missouri. The metrics must be, like, really good on the defense and stuff because, I mean, that's the only thing that makes sense. They're not using the eye test at all. 
I mean, whether it be the Kentucky spread, the Georgia spread, the Florida spread, all of us in, in St. Louis and I would imagine in Kansas City and Columbia are going, what in the hell's up with these spreads? I'd be you interested know, to see if we have – are too good to be true. You know, we may have a possibility, and I don't know what – this would be an interesting stat, to, to be the all-time worst team against the spread for a given season. I mean, especially on the road. I mean, we, we were what? Minus <laughs> like 27 points off the spread. But, but I wonder what that record is as far as Vegas not adjusting the line properly. And why would it be? Why would Who have they covered against Ole Miss in South Carolina? Or did they not? They didn't cover against Ole Miss. They, covered, they? they had to have covered against South Carolina, though, right? Yeah, they did cover against South Carolina. I'm trying to think about what they did with Ole, Ole Miss's line. Mm, I don't it know. Was, it was hovering around where they wound up winning. But, boy, but it, it, I don't know. we got to be one of the top uh, off the line this year. I mean, we have to be. It's crazy. Oh, yeah, they're, they're, they're brutal against the Yeah, because, they, well, they've lost games where they're double-digit favorites, much less not covering in other scenarios. Um, but either way, there it is. Sweetheart teasers to me, the recommended place. And this sucks because now it's in a spot of a – I have no upside because they're obvious. But then if they don't hit, now I've got guys like – emailing me about how much money they've lost and motherfucking me all <laughs> while I come back from vacation. So it's just, I don't even know why I do this to myself, but I feel strongly about it. So I put it out there. I hope they cover. I hope people get paid. And I hope we give them some value on this pick six podcast outside of G units, Ravens play and Joe bitching about Iggy and calling him a horrible person. Usually on a weekly basis this week, Iggy gets a reprieve with Joe. I don't know where Joe is, but I just know he uh, said he wasn't going to be around. Thank you to everyone for listening to Pick 6, especially if you've stuck with it through this this winter of discontent that we've had. And uh, Gangster Pete and G-Unit, uh, thank you for your fine services back in St. Louis. For the boys back in St. Louis in the HomeLoanExpert.com studios, I'm Tim McKernan on the road with the Pick 6 podcast on the Tim McKernan Show on the Inside STL Podcast Network. Peloton, let's go. This holiday, with the right music and the right motivation from world-class instructors. We're going to pick it up a notch. It's the holiday season. You might just surprise yourself with what you're capable of. Work out to thousands of live and on-demand classes, from running to cycling to yoga. Try Peloton risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only, not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home dash trial. Peloton, motivation that moves you.